Hebrews 13, 15, and 16. Through him, or through Jesus, then or therefore, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this precious verse of Scripture. And we ask you now this morning to become our teacher, to be our teacher through the power of your Spirit. Open our hearts, open our ears to hear, to see what we need to see. God, I ask you to make a a permanent and lasting transformation in our lives this morning. God, I am asking you that you would bring me and everyone in this room this morning into a place where we continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to you. And we ask you to do this in the mighty and powerful and glorious name of Jesus. Amen. God has called every one of us to a life of continual praise. That is to be normal for us. But we often live far below this experience. And we need to honestly face how we have been speaking and thinking in our hearts. We cannot talk on and on and on about our problems as if God is not there and then say we are trusting and praising God. We must deal with the disconnect between how we are actually talking and this life of praise that we are called to. So may God use his word to awaken our hearts to praise him continually. Through Jesus, then or therefore, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. There is a reason we should continually praise God. The author has in mind what he said about Jesus in verse 12. Jesus suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. And as we heard last week, this radical love of Jesus that endured reproach and rejection in order to save us should draw forth two responses from us. First, it says, let us go to him outside the city gate, bearing the reproach he endured. In other words, let us go to Jesus. Let us become disgraced with Jesus. Let us leave our safety and security in the world and go to Jesus. And we heard all about that last Sunday. If you didn't listen to that message, man, I encourage you to get it and listen to it. It was powerful. It wasn't mine, it was Josh's. Second, the second response, because 
because we are stunned that Jesus would suffer as an outcast for us, because we are stunned that he did this to make us holy and acceptable to God, because we are so deeply moved that he did this, as it says, through his own blood and suffering at the cross, because we are so stunned by this grace that we have been shown in Jesus, let us therefore continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. A sacrifice of praise to God is our only reasonable response to Jesus. As we've learned in Hebrews, Jesus is the final perfect sacrifice offered to God for us. Jesus saves us to the uttermost or completely. Jesus saves all to the uttermost, those who draw near to God through him. All other sacrifices for sin are now obsolete and unnecessary. Nothing else ever needs to be done to pay for my sin or your sin. And he alone is now our perfect high priest. All other priests, all other human priests are obsolete and unnecessary. He did everything to make you fit for God's presence. We don't need any other ritual. We don't need any other intermediary to bring us closer to God. Through him, through Jesus, we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the new and living way that he opened for us. We can draw near to God any time and all the time because our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Nothing else ever needs to be done for us to go right on into God's presence. With all of this privilege in mind, all of this privilege that we have through Jesus, therefore, or then, let us continually offer up praise to God. Praise is a response. Praise is a response for what God has done for us. Praise begins with looking at and appreciating our status, our privilege and blessing and our future hope that we have through Jesus. F.F. Bosworth said, and this is one of Cindy's and my favorite quotes, walking by this better kind of sight is the happiest life possible here on earth because of what we are beholding. We are beholding the best things, joy-producing realities. Supernatural joy is always the result of using our better pair of eyes. In other words, joy is the result of looking at realities, spiritual realities that we have in Christ that produce joy. Worship and praise are the result of beholding in our mind's eye God's kindness and mercy and grace in saving us through Jesus. Last week and this week, 
by special request, by my request, we sang that song. Worship starts with seeing you. All you are showing, all we have seen commands a life of praise. Man, I love that phrase. All, all God has shown us, all that we have seen, it commands or, or it demands a life of praise. Sam Storm said, and please listen to this. It's kind of wordy, but it's fantastic. Sam Storm said, Worship begins with thoughts about God that awaken passionate affections for God. Worship happens when the mind is gripped with the revelation of great truths about God and the heart and affections are set on fire with joy and satisfaction and gratitude and gladness and admiration and the mouth explodes in songs of praise and proclamations of the incomparable greatness of God. Amen. One of the best ways to cultivate this heartfelt appreciation for God and what he has done and who he is, I believe, is to connect your heart to the praises in the Bible, but particularly in the book of Psalms. Okay? And I didn't say just to read the Psalms. I said to go connect your heart to the praises that you find in the book of Psalms. If you are not happy, and sometimes we don't, but if you are not having thoughts about God that stir up praise, then read somebody else whose heart is stunned by the goodness of God and let that stir up your heart. C.S. Lewis said, the most valuable thing the Psalms do for me is to express the same delight in God which made David dance. In other words, when you hear someone else express such happiness in God that they're dancing, it helps you enjoy God. And C.S. Lewis said, that's why I read the Psalms. That's why I find the Psalms so valuable. I go to the Psalms most mornings to help my heart praise. I need that. Like Psalm 63, which we, we had as a memory text not that long ago. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul is satisfied as with the richest of foods. So my lips will praise you joyfully. For you have been my strength. And in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. And I, I read that and I've got, I've got that psalm and a whole bunch of others bookmarked that, that I go to because I need that. Um, I read that and I connect my heart with those words and feelings about God and then to be, begin to just express my own praise to God. Or Psalm 95, another favorite. Come, let us sing joyfully to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout with songs of praise to him for the Lord is an awesome God. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel in the presence of the Lord who made us. For he is our God 
and we are the people of his pasture and the flock in his care. Or Psalm 103, and I could keep going. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. He forgives all your sins. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He surrounds you with loving kindness and compassion. And the psalm goes on from there. But it just gives reason after reason to bless the Lord or praise the Lord with all that is within you. Praise will look different on different people with different personalities. It will. And we're not all going to look the same uh, as we praise. But it will still look like praise and it will still sound like praise. (laughs) In other words, we must not justify our lack of praise on our natural uh, melancholy temperament. Yeah. You know, when I, I, I've taken those personality tests years ago, and you probably have too, and I'm about half melancholy and about half uh, driver, you know, type A. I uh, can't remember what the other, the other term was for it when I took it, but what's that? Okay, choleric. Yeah, choleric was the one. Yeah, yeah, about half mel. And I, I tell you, I would be a, I would be a, a sad, sullen person if, if, God had not worked in my life through his word and through the grace of God. I, I, I believe that. I, I, would, I, would, not, I would be uh, probably not that fun to live with. But we must not justify our lack of praise on our natural temperaments. Our natural temperament is not the basis or the source of our praise. Our praise is rooted in God's goodness and grace, not our own personality. And ultimately, it comes from the spirit that God himself has sent into our hearts. Our sacrifice of praise is offered through Jesus. And in case you haven't kind of followed what I'm doing here, we're just moving through phrase by phrase this powerful verse. Our praise is offered to God through Jesus. And I was struck by that phrase. Most commentaries that I read on this, on this verse, most messages that I read on this verse completely ignored that phrase, through Jesus. But I think it's important. It's we, we come to God through Jesus, only through Jesus, and we can't, we can't even offer praise to God except through Jesus. But there's another aspect of this that that I think is really important. Through Jesus, through his sacrifice, through the sacrifice of his body, we are qualified as priests to offer sacrifices to God. It's amazing truth. Peter said, you yourselves are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We don't go to human priests today because we ourselves have the priestly right of direct access to God through Jesus. We share in Christ's priestly status. It's amazing. So we come as priests offering sacrifice 
sacrifice is a praise to God through Jesus. What a privilege. We are called to continually offer praise. That doesn't mean that we are always singing or always verbally expressing praise, but it does mean we should be doing it a lot. David said seven times a day, I will praise you. I don't know where he came up with that number, but he just, he just decided, I'm going to praise God seven times a day. I mean, that'd be that'd be a good good thing to good place to start, or maybe you want to start with three times a day. That'd probably be an improvement for for, for us. Psalm one forty five says, "I will speak highly of you, my God and King. I will bless your name forever and ever. I will bless you every day, and I will praise your name forever and ever." Praise should permeate our our lives and our speech at home in the night in our daily duties in the car uh, praise should be a part of all that we do in the church in Bible studies at elders and deacons meetings and especially when we gather as a church as his church on Sunday mornings one of the best reasons for this is found in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 that verse says, Jesus is not ashamed to call us his brothers. And the evidence given for that is that he says, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and I will sing your praises in the assembly or in the congregation. One of the ways Jesus associates with us is by singing praises with us in the assembly to the Father. He, he is pictured here in this verse among us, leading us in praise. Spurgeon, says, Spurgeon said, does this not bring him very near to you? Does this not make you feel as, as if Jesus could come and sit in that pew with you? Christ is here with us and he is singing God's praises among us. John Calvin said, this teaching is the very strongest encouragement to us to bring more fervent zeal to the praise of God when we hear that Christ leads our praise and is the chief conductor of our hymns. Amen. Because our offering of praise is to go up, is to go up continually, it must go up in all circumstances. Again, Spurgeon said, we are to praise the Lord our God not only when we are in a happy frame of mind, but when we are cast down and troubled. And again, the Psalms give us a good example of praising God through suffering. In the Psalms, we are told to rejoice, we're told to shout, to clap, I know. I think I was the only one clapping on that song this morning. But, you know, we're told to, to clap. We're told to sing loudly to the Lord. But the Psalms also express great pain and suffering. And those who wrote the Psalms and those who sang the Psalms were often people that were rejected, slandered, persecuted, and completely overwhelmed. 
David began Psalm 62. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I have sunk into the miry depths where there is no footing. I have drifted into deep waters where the flood engulfs me. But he ends that same song, psalm by saying, I am in pain and distress, yet he says, I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. For this will please the Lord more than sacrificing cattle. Let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moves in them. He's he said that. He said, he said, I will praise the Lord in song. I will praise him with thanksgiving. And he said that when he felt like the waters were just right up to his neck. Watchman Nee said, perhaps you praised him a week ago or a month ago, but one day you feel that you cannot utter a praise. You're in pain and darkness or dire trouble. You suffer misunderstanding and slander. You feel you cannot praise because you are wounded and in difficulty. You do not feel like praising and you feel that praise is not suitable under this kind of circumstance and mood. At that very moment, you should remember that God's throne has not changed. His name has not changed and His glory has not changed. You should praise Him simply because He is worthy of praise. You should bless him simply because he is worthy of all blessings. Although you are in the midst of difficulties, he is worthy to be praised. And God desires his children to praise him in everything and through every situation. We are told to offer up our praise. The word offer literally means to carry or to bring. To carry or bring your praise to God. Just as deliberately as the saints in the Old Testament would bring an animal or food sacrifice, we are to deliberately bring our sacrifice of praise to God. Many years ago, we, uh, we used to sing this song or this chorus. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We, we could probably sing it t today. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord and we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving and we offer up to you the sacrifices of joy. We offer we, we, we bring, we, and we choose to do this. Consider how Jesus offered up himself as the sacrifice for our sins by, by choosing to bring himself or his body to the cross as an offering. Jesus said, I lay down my life. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. In, in the same way that Jesus chose to offer up his life, we choose to offer up our praise to God. The inconvenient truth is each of us is praising God 
just as much as we want to and choose to. Our praise is called a sacrifice of praise. The old covenant was filled with animal sacrifices. The offering of the body of Jesus, of course, put an end to all blood sacrifices. And we are told now that the sacrifices of the new covenant are hearts overflowing with gratitude, words of praise, songs of worship. This is what God wants now from us. With such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Peter said we are being made into a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices. The Old Testament is, was filled with these blood sacrifices. I mean, it's just filled with, if you, re, if you read, read through your Bible. That's all changed now. But our lives now are to be filled with spiritual sacrifices to God. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. This work that we're called to the work that we're called to in salvation, the highest work we do is to worship and praise God. We're called to declare the praises of Him, the one who called us out of darkness into His wonderful light. Praise is the fruit of lips that give thanks to His name. Uh, that's the way I memorized it in the New American Standard. Uh, <laughs> I have a hard time adjusting uh, all of all of my uh, all my my verses, but the the fruit of lips in the ESV it says that acknowledge His name. But the point is, praise is to be spoken. Praise is to be spoken with my lips and with your lips. Of course, we can worship God in the silence of our hearts, but praise is to actually come out of our lips. You know, if you don't know where to start on this, um, I would take one of the most often repeated phrases in the Psalms, and that's simply this, the Lord is good and his love endures forever. And there's, a, there's again, there's several different, different versions. The, e, the ESV says the Lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever. Uh, the American Standard says the Lord is good and his loving kindness endures forever. So you, you, I don't care what version you do it in. <laughs> but, you know, that's one of the things that, that, that um, or, or one of the most basic reasons given for praising God. Just the Lord is good and his love, his loving kindness endures forever. And just get in the, get in the practice of say, saying that. Fruit means the, the produce or the outcome or the result. And so the question is, what kind of fruit is coming from our lips? The, the fruit of our lips can be coarse talk or cursing or complaining or criticism. But God saved me and God saved you so that the fruit of our lips would be changed from those kinds of things to praise. 
And, and we're, we're not fully living as God wants us to and, until praise is actually flowing out of our mouths on a regular basis. So may, may God awaken our hearts to this higher plane of living and talking and may the Holy Spirit bring us into this kind of experience before our God. Then verse 16, which I'm only going to touch on here, just don't have time uh, to get into this a lot, but verse 16 is a wonderful verse. It says, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. God is pleased with our praise, and God is also pleased when we do good to one another and share with them. And so, I, I love this, this description of how we are to live that's found in these two verses. Much of the way that we are called to serve God is simply, simply by continually praising Him and doing good to others. God does not call us to some complicated, burdensome life of heavy service that only a few gifted people can figure out and fulfill. Every one of us can please God every day by praise and doing good to someone. Galatians 6.10, So then while we have opportunity, let us good, do good to everyone but especially to those who are of the household of faith. Notice how outward-focused these two verses are. Notice how outward-focused we are called to be, continually offering up praise to God and continually offering good to others and sharing with others. When we start thinking mainly about seeking to get my needs met rather than being here for others, we become unhappy and weak and discontent. But when we lift our hearts in praise and we, and we look for ways to share and do good with others, we are happier, we are stronger, and more victorious over the enemy. And most important... We're doing things that please God. With such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Let's pray. Let's stand and pray.